All right, well, we're there in Acts chapter number 12, and uh, if you remember, we've been studying the subject of prayer over the last several weeks, and we started, I, I think this is our sixth uh, lesson on prayer. We started the first lesson learning about uh, Elias, remember, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, and we learned that Elias was a man uh, subject to like passions as uh, we are, and Elias was a type of man that was able to get answered prayers from God. He was a, a man that knew how to get the ear of God, but the Bible tells us that he was a man, just like you and I, and God is no respecter of persons. God wants to answer Elias' uh, prayers as much as he wants to answer our prayers. We learned about the different types of prayer, supplication, intercession, appreciation. Uh, we talked about prayer, the great time saver, and the fact that it's uh, so common for us to want to not pray because we're busy, but uh, prayer is probably the best thing we could do with our time. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we learned about praying through the Lord's Prayer. Last week, uh, I just gave you some tips, some practical tips for prayer, and uh, hopefully you've been using those and they've helped you a little bit. This week, uh, I want to talk about promises for answered prayer. There, there are a few promises in Scripture that God actually says, if you do this, I will answer your prayer. Now, keep your finger there in Acts chapter 12 and go with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 7. Uh, but keep your finger in Acts 12. We're coming right back to it. But go to Matthew chapter number 12. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter number 7. And uh, look at verse number uh, 7. Uh, Matthew chapter number 7. And look at verse number 7. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter number 7, in verse number 7, the Bible says, ask, and I know we've seen these verses before, but I just want you to notice this again. The Bible says, ask, and I want you to make note of these words, and it shall be given you. Do you see that? He says, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. The Bible doesn't say, ask, and it might be given to you. It doesn't say, you know, uh, seek and, and, and you may find. It doesn't say knock and, and maybe God open. The Bible says that if you ask, he will answer. And if you seek, you will find. And if you knock, it shall be open. Verse 8, for everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be open. You got to understand this. God wants to answer our prayers. God wants to answer your prayers. And many Christians... Uh, some out loud and, and many others subconsciously, they don't pray because they, they say, well, my prayers don't get answered anyway. And, and God doesn't ever answer our prayers. But you got to understand this. God wants to answer your prayer. And God has given us some promises for answered prayer. And I think some of you, you know, maybe you've heard these or, or you've seen this before. But you got to understand, you can't claim one promise of God for answered prayer and say, okay, well, I'm doing this one thing, so God has to answer my prayer. If there are, there, there are three different areas where God says, if you do this, I'll answer your prayer. And if you do this, I'll answer your prayer. And if you do this, I'll answer your prayer. And what you got to understand is you got to do all three to get that answered prayer. And when you bring those things together. So I want to give that to you quickly tonight. Uh, three different areas from Scripture where God basically says, if you do this, I will answer uh, your prayer. You're there in, uh, in Matthew chapter number 7. Go, go with me to Matthew 21 before we go back to Acts chapter number 12. Matthew 21. And for those of you taking notes, uh, point number one is this. If you want your prayers to be answered uh, and, and you want to claim the promises of God for answered prayer, you must pray believing in God's power. You must pray believing in God's power. Matthew chapter number 21 and verse number 18, the Bible says this, this says this. Now in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. 
And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. Now, this is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. And presently, notice, the fig tree withered away. Verse 20. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled. That word marveled means they were surprised. They were filled with wonder. They were, uh, they were amazed. They, they marveled, saying, How soon is a fig tree withered away? So Jesus basically prays that this tree will wither. The tree withers, and the disciples are like, Whoa, that's crazy that that happened. Look at verse 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if, now notice, that's a big if there. He says, if ye have faith. Say, well, well, what does it mean to have faith? And doubt not. He says, if you have faith, meaning you don't doubt, meaning you believe God can do it. Say, you, you say, I don't know that God will do it, but I believe God can do it. I don't know that God will, you know, answer this prayer, but I don't doubt that God has the power to answer the prayer. He says, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree also, but if ye shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Verse 22. And notice this. You ought to underline this in the Bible. And all things. You see that? Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, notice, ye shall receive. The Bible says that when you and I pray in faith, when we pray believing that God is actually able and wanting to answer our prayers, the Bible says that God will answer those prayers. Go, uh, you're, you're there in, in, in Matthew. Go back to, to uh, Acts chapter number 12. Acts chapter 12, we find the story of Peter being broken out of prison by the Lord Jesus Christ, by, by God's angel. And, and it's an interesting story because I think it really gives us an example most of our prayer lives and, and the way that we pray. If you look at verse number 1, Acts chapter number 12 and verse 1, the Bible says, Now about the time of Herod, the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four uh, quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, uh, in verse 5, it says, Peter therefore was kept in prison. But I want you to notice this. But prayer was made without ceasing. So he's in prison. But what does the church uh, begin to do? They begin to pray. The Bible says, but prayer was made. And these people aren't messing around. I mean, it's prayer without ceasing. They are praying nonstop for Peter, uh, uh, who's in prison, of the church unto God for him. Look at verse 6. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. Think about this. He's sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And the keepers before uh, uh, the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from off his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out, and when he went out and followed him, and wist, that word wist means uh, to be aware of. He said, uh, wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. So here Peter is thinking he's dreaming. You know, he's thinking, uh, this isn't really happening. No angel's actually breaking me out of prison. This is just a vision. This is a dream. This is not actually happened. Verse 10, when they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them, this is pretty interesting, of his 
his own accord. Isn't that interesting? The gate just opened. You know, no one pushed it open. The gate itself opened of its own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street and forthwith the angels departed from it. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent this angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together, Praying. Now, what are these people gathered together praying for? They're praying for Peter, right? Peter's in prison. Uh, he's going to be put to death. And, and they're gathering. They're praying without ceasing. They're praying that God will deliver Peter. And Peter says, I know. I have an idea. I'll get to the Wednesday night Bible study. And I know they're over there praying for me. And I'll show up uh, to church. Look at verse 13. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Praise the Lord, God has answered our prayer. Is that what they said? Look at verse 15. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. They said, You're crazy. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. So here's the thing. You got a group of people, you got a church praying for Peter, their pastor, who's been put in prison. They're praying that God will deliver him. Someone knocks at the door. This young lady comes back and says, hey, I think Peter's at the front door. They said, you're crazy. Peter's in prison. And she said, no, no, I'm pretty sure it's Peter. They say, oh, it must be his angel. Maybe he's dead. Maybe you're just seeing ghosts. You know, maybe you're just seeing a spirit. And here's, here's the thing. They're praying that Peter will get out of prison, and then Peter gets out of prison, and they're unbelieving. They, they didn't expect it. They, they said, you're mad. You're crazy. There's no way that Peter is standing at the door. Look at verse 16. But Peter continued knocking, and when he had opened the door, uh, when, when they had opened the door and saw him, notice this, they were astonished. They were greatly surprised. They were amazed. They said, this is incredible. And what, what's incredible? That God answered our prayer. Some of you on Sunday night when we announced $22,000 were astonished. You say, well, we're praying that God would give us $15,000, but I didn't really think God was going to do it. And hey, you know what? I hate to admit it, but there was something in me that had a little bit of doubt. You know, you say, well, well how much faith do you need? A grain of mustard seed, you don't need much. God just requires some faith. But here's, here's the thing. Usually we pray and say, God, do this. And then God does it and we're shocked. And it's like, I can't believe that God would actually do that. <laughs> and the idea is this. We're not really praying believing. I mean, if you're praying that God will get, uh, get Peter out of prison, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be expecting that God would get Peter out of prison? Somebody told me the story. Uh, in, in India, they were having a... Uh, they're having a, a, a drought. I'm sorry, I'm not able to think straight. You know, I don't know if we're going to preach short or long tonight. But in India, they were having a drought. And this Baptist church in India decided, we're going to pray that God will send rain. And about 100 Christians get together in India to pray that God will send rain. And the, the pastor gets in front of the group there, about 100 people. And he says, how many of you brought umbrellas? One little girl says, I have an umbrella. He said, well, aren't you praying for rain? Why don't you bring umbrellas? And often that's how our prayer lives are. We pray for rain, but we don't bring umbrellas. We pray for God to bring Peter out of prison, but we're not really expecting Peter to show up. 
We pray that God will do things. And here's what you understand. It doesn't require a lot of faith, but God does require faith in order to be able to answer the prayer. God promises that he will answer prayer. He says, if ye have faith and doubt not. He said, all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer. He said, believing ye shall receive. God says, I will answer your prayers. He said, in fact, I promise that I will answer your prayer if you pray believing. That God is powerful enough to answer your prayer. Go to James chapter number 1. Uh, if you start from the book of Revelation and head uh, back, you got Revelation, Jude, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, 1st, 2nd, Peter, and James. When you get to James, put a bulletin or a ribbon or something in James because we're going to leave it and then we're going to come back to it. James chapter number 1 and look at verse number 6. You say, I don't, I don't get my prayers answered. Maybe you're not really praying believing. Because God says if you pray in faith, I'll answer your prayer. James chapter 1, look at verse 6. James chapter number 1 and verse 6, the Bible says this, but let him ask in faith. Notice this, nothing wavering. That's the same thing as without and doubt not. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 7, and let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. The Bible says if you pray and you're wavering, you pray and you're driven with the wind and tossed, if, if you pray, you say, well, I'm going to pray that God does this, but I'm not really sure if God's actually going to do it, and I don't really know if God's even answering my prayer. And, and to be honest with you, I don't even know if God even ever answers prayer. You say, well, I don't really think that God's going to do it. Let's pray for it anyway. God says, hey, don't think that God's ever going to answer any of your prayers. He says, let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Because God says, I will answer your prayer, but you must Pray believing. You must pray uh, with faith. And, and here's the thing. It, it doesn't require a lot of faith. You say that that whole group there in Acts chapter 12, they didn't believe. Someone believed. I mean, somebody was praying. Somebody had a grain of mustard seed, uh, you know, amount of faith in that group that God would answer that prayer. Go, to, go back to Matthew 17. Keep your finger in, for, in James because we're going to come right back to it. But go back to Matthew 17. Look at verse number 19. Matthew chapter 17. Keep your finger there in James chapter 1 and go to Matthew 17 and verse number 19. The Bible says, Matthew 17 and verse 19, uh, the Bible says this. <clears throat> then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? Because some of you are, 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 are saying, you know, well, well how, much, how much faith? And, and sometimes I, I have faith and then I, I waver a little bit. And, and what do I need? But notice in verse 20, the Bible says, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, uh, he said, they, they, they said, why could we not cast him out? And we're going to look at this a little more closely when we uh, get into fasting. And uh, I don't know if it's next week or in a couple of weeks from now. But he says, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you. Notice what he says, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, you say, well, Pastor, you know, I, I, I struggle with faith, and, and, and uh, you know, sometimes I just don't really believe that things are going to happen. You know, uh, how can I uh, 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 work on that, and how can I increase my faith? You're there in Matthew 17. Go to Matthew chapter 9. Let me just show you a couple of things you can do. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, did I say Matthew 9? Mark chapter number 9, and look at verse number 23. So you're there in Matthew. Go to Mark chapter number 9. There's a couple of things you can do to uh, help increase your faith. Number one, you can ask Jesus to increase your faith. You can ask God to increase your faith. In Mark chapter number 9 and verse number 23, the Bible says this, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, Mark chapter 9 verse 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, here you have a man asking for God to perform a miracle, for Jesus to perform a miracle. He says, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So, so Jesus said, hey, if you believe that I can do this, hey, we, we can do anything. All things are possible to him that believeth. 
Verse 24, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Do you see that? He said, he said, I believe. But then he thought to himself, well, I don't know that I really believe because I just don't know that I have the faith. But he says, Lord, I believe. But, but, but if I don't believe, will you help my unbelief? And if you read the story, you'll notice that Jesus answered his prayer. Go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. You're there in Mark. Uh, next, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke there. Luke 17. And look at verse number 5. Luke 17 and verse 5. Jesus teaching the apostles about forgiveness. And in verse 5, the Bible says, Luke 17 and verse 5, And the apostle said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. You know what? You and I need to come to God uh, and ask Him to increase our faith. And to say, God, I I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. And and I have faith, but but if I I lapse a little bit, and if I'm unwavering a little bit, increase uh, my faith and help me to be able to have the faith that I need. Because God says, I will answer your prayers if you pray believing. If you pray believing that I can answer them. Go to Romans chapter number 10, verse 17, just real quickly. You say, well, what can I do to increase your faith? Number one, you can ask God to increase your faith. Just pray. Ask him to help you believe and ask him to increase your faith. The other thing you can do is to exp- uh, get, get the most exposure to the word of God as possible. Your faith will increase the more exposure you have to God's word. Romans chapter number 10 and verse 17 says this. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Just being under Bible preaching will increase your faith. Just being, you know, in your Bible will increase your faith. See, there are some people that will come to a church like this, and, and, and you'll hear us, and, and, you know, we'll use this as an example just because it's so recent to us, but you'll, you'll hear us say, you know, uh, uh, we're going to raise $15,000 for the glory of God. We're going to buy chairs, and we're going to uh, support missions, and we're going to begin to prepare for future ministries and future buildings. And people say, there's no way you can do that. This whole church can't raise $15,000. But you think, you'll, you'll, you'll open up God's Word... And you'll start preaching about the fact that compassion makes a difference and God wants to send missionaries out into this world. And we'll open up God's Word and we'll learn about giving and we'll learn about being a willing, cheerful giver. And, and people will come to church and they'll hear a sermon about vision and they'll hear about, uh, a sermon about how God, can, uh, how they should get a vision for their family and they should get a vision for their finances, get a vision for the future. And, and they'll get under God's Word and then they'll think, oh, we can do it. You know, they walk, when they walk in thinking we can't do it. They walk out thinking we can't do it. What happened? The Word of God increased their faith. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You say, well, I, I struggle with faith. Then ask God to increase your faith. You say, I struggle with faith. Well, expose yourself to the Word of God as much as possible. And something that will just help increase your faith is as you see God answer your prayers, uh, you will increase your faith. See, some of you have been with us long enough, you've seen us do these offerings long enough, and we're always asking for more than we really think we can bring in because we want to stretch ourselves, and God does it every year, and you think to yourself, well, if God did it last year, you can do it this year. And by the way, next year, we'll have a goal that will be bigger than last year's goal, and the whole time, we'll be thinking in the back of our heads, are we going to be able to do this? Are we really going to be able to do that? Are we really going to grow? And is God really going to do that? But you know what? God is as powerful next year as He was this year, as He was last year. If you believe and you have faith that you're asking God, and God has the power to do it, I'm not saying that God will do it, but do you believe that God can do it if He wants to do it? That's how we must pray. So you say, well, how do you get your prayers answered? Number one, pray believing in God's power. Pray believing in God's power. Can you get back to James? Uh, look at James chapter number four. So number one, pray believing in God's power. Number two, pray according to God's will. Pray believing in God's power. And number two, pray according 
to God's will. James chapter number four and look at verse number two. James chapter number four and verse number two. Bible says ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war yet ye have not because ye ask not. It says, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss. That word amiss means not right or not correctly, inappropriate, out of place. You're asking for something that you should not be asking for. It's an inappropriate request. It's not your place to ask. He says, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. See, the reason some of our prayers don't get answered is because we're praying selfishly. We come to God asking Him to answer certain prayers for us, but we really just want God to answer His prayers that we may consume it upon our lust. You understand that? In the Bible, there's a parable of a a man who went to his friend asking for bread, but the bread was not for him. The bread was for his friend that came from a long journey. And often, the reason that our prayers are not going to answer is because we're not praying. We're really not praying according to God's will as much as we're praying according to our will. And God promises to answer prayer according to His will. You're there in James chapter 4. He says, you don't have because you ask amiss. Uh, go with me to uh, 1 John chapter 5. You're there in James. Just go past First and Second Peter, and then you'll have 1 John. Just a few pages over, First, Second Peter, and then you have 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, and look at verse number 14. 1 John 5, 14. See, you ought to pray according to God's will. You ought to pray believing, but you ought to pray saying, God, not my will, but thine be done. Lord, I want to pray this according to your will. First John chapter 5 and verse 14 says this, and this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything, notice this, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. See, it, it just makes sense. If you ask according to God's will, God will answer your prayer because it's something that he wants. You know, I, I think I used this illustration before when I preached on this maybe a year ago, but it's like my kids. You know, they come to me and one of them, one of them says, Daddy, uh, you know, we'd like to go to Coldstone Creamery. And the other one says, Daddy... You know, we want to go to the yogurt place. Okay, well, guess what? We're probably going to end up at Cold Stone. You know why? Because that's according to their dad's will. <laughs> I just don't like yogurt. You know what I mean? But Cold Stone's good, you know? And as you approach God, you, almost every day of my life, I ask God to give me wisdom. You say, why? Because James says, if any of you like wisdom, let him ask God. That give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. And you say, well, why do you ask God? Because God already said, hey, you ask me for wisdom, I'll give you wisdom. That's, an, that's a prayer according to God's will. Every day of my life or every week of my life, I ask God to give us more labors and give us soul winners, give us work. Why? Because Jesus said, pray ye there for the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. So you're, you're lining yourself up to God's will. And when you're lining yourself up to what God wants, then you can almost be guaranteed that he's going to answer the prayer that he wants to be answered. Your prayers will be answered when you pray believing in God's power and when you pray according to God's will. Go to Romans chapter number 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Romans chapter 8. You say, well, what do I do? What do I do if I just don't really know the will of God? You ever been there? Well, you say, I don't know what to pray. I don't know what God's will is in this area. I mean, there's this option and this may be God's will and then there's this option and this may be God's will. I'm not really sure what God's will is. Say, what do you do? Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 says this. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. 
For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Do you know that you don't really know what to pray for? See, you're a human being that can't look into the future. You don't understand things like God understands. The truth of the matter is, you and I really don't know what we should pray for as we ought. And we pray and we ask God to do certain things and we ask God to give you a certain job or we ask God to heal someone of this or we ask God to come in in these different areas. But we don't really know if God wants to heal that individual. God may not. That may be like we talked about on Sunday night. That may be an Apostle Paul with a thorn in the, in the flesh and it's God's will for him to have that thorn in the flesh for the rest of his life. And we can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, but if it's not God's will, God's not going to do it. You say, well, what do I, know, what do, I do if, if I don't know? Because if you look at verse 26, for we know not what we should pray for as we are, but, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints, notice, according to the will of God. See, we must come to God with this attitude. God, I'm praying for this. But if that's not your will, Lord, let your will be done. Lord, I'm asking for this, but if if you know that that's not what you want for me, you know that's not the job I'm supposed to get, you know that's not the person I'm supposed to marry, you know that's not the the whatever it is that I'm asking for, Lord, if, if the Holy Spirit knows better, then allow the Holy Spirit to intercede on my behalf and to change that prayer according to God's will. See, we must approach God always praying, let thy will be done. Jesus came to the point where he didn't want to go to the cross. In the flesh, he said, he said if, this, if this cup can pass from me, he said, I don't want to do it. Not my will, but thine be done. She said, how do you get your prayers answered? Number one, you pray believing in God's power. Number two, you pray according to God's will. And when you, you say, well, I struggle with faith, then you ask God to increase your faith. Sunday morning, I was praying, Lord, increase my faith. You, you say, well, what do, what do you do if you don't know God's will. Then you say, well, Lord, I'm praying for this, but if it's not your will, make that clear to me. And Lord, I don't want this so bad that I want you to give it to me. You know, sometimes God will give you something that's not good for you just because we're so stubborn, so hard-headed. And we must approach God and say, God, I'm asking for this, but let your will override my will and let your will be done. And if this is a wrong request, Lord, then I pray that the Holy Spirit would intercede on my behalf and make this prayer according to the will of God. So number one, pray believing in God's power. Number two, pray according to God's will. Number three, pray abiding in God's Son. Pray abiding in God's Son. Go to John chapter number 15. John chapter number 15. And look at verse number 7. You say, why do, why do our prayers don't get answered? They don't get answered because we don't pray believing. And they don't get answered because we don't pray according to God's will. And they don't get answered because we don't pray abiding in God's Son. John chapter 15 and verse 7. The Bible says this. John chapter number 15 and verse 7. It says, if ye abide in me. This is the Lord speaking. And my words abide in you. Notice what he says. Ye shall ask what ye will. And it shall be done unto you. He says, look, if you abide in me, what if you ask, he said, it shall be done unto you. You got to understand this. Abiding in Christ is putting yourself in a position of allowing him to fill you, of allowing him to give you uh, the power and the resources and the life. Abiding in Christ is my words abide in you. Is allowing the word of God to 
to, to fill us and to empower us. Go, go to Psalm 66, just real quickly. Psalm 66, if you open up your right in the center, more than likely find the book of Psalms. You've got you to gotta see these verses from the Old Testament just real quickly. We're going to look at Psalms and then Isaiah. Psalm 66, and look at verse number 18. Psalm 66 and verse 18. The Bible says this. Psalm 66 and verse 18, it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, Psalm 66 and verse 18, iniquity has to do with the means sin. If I regard iniquity in my heart, I just want you to see this. The Lord will not hear me. Say, well, God, God hears every believer. God hears everyone. No, no, no. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Did you get that? Go to Isaiah 59. Look at verse 2. You're there in Psalms. You go back. Past Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Isaiah 59, and look at verse number 2. Isaiah 59 and verse 2 says this, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you, don't miss this, that he will not hear. So you say, well, God doesn't answer my prayer. Maybe there's iniquity in your heart. Maybe we're not abiding in Christ. Because the Bible says, that if you abide in Christ, it shall be done. But he says, if you have iniquity in your heart, the Lord will not hear you. And if you have uh, iniquities uh, in your heart, he says, they've separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you, and he will not hear. He will not listen to you. He will not listen to your prayers if you're not abiding in Christ. Go to 1 John chapter number 3. 1 John. If you kept your place in James, I don't know if you did. I can't remember if I told you, but it's right in that area. Uh, 1 John chapter 3. Just show you a couple more verses. We'll be, we'll be done. 1 John chapter number 3 towards the end of the New Testament. 1 John chapter 3. No, look at verse number 22. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 22. The Bible says this, and whatsoever we ask, and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. Did you get that? You said, how do I receive whatsoever I ask? Here's how you receive it. Because we keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And if you don't keep his commandments and we're not doing those things that are pleasing in his sight, just don't expect to have your prayers answered. And here's what you understand. The emergency room is not the place to be getting right with God. You understand that? You know, you say, well, I, 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 my life is fine now. But, but, but during the emergency and during the trial, that's not the time to start trying to cleanse your heart and cleanse your hands. Hey, if you abide in Christ and his words abide in you and, and you walk with him and you keep his commandments, the Bible says that line will be open between you and God. And he says, I can answer your prayers if you pray abiding in God's son. So how do you get your prayers answered? Well, you pray believing in God's power. How do you get your prayers answered? You pray according to God's will. How do you get your prayers answered? You pray abiding in God's Son. That's how you get your prayers answered. Those are promises. I mean, God says, if you do these things, I'll, I, he, said, he said, it shall be given. He said, I will do it. He said, I will answer your prayer if you believe. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes we believe. Say, I believe God can do it. But we're not praying according to His will. That prayer is not going to get answered. Sometimes we are praying according to God's will, but we're not believing. That prayer is not going to get answered. Sometimes we are, uh, you know, believing and according to God's will, but really we're not abiding in His Son. That prayer is not going to be answered. You understand that? It's not, you can't just claim one, claim the other, claim that all three must come together. You know, you, and again, I'm just using the example of, of, of the vision offering because it, it recently happened. But you know what I know about the vision offering? Here's what I know about it. Somebody prayed believing that God could do it. Somebody prayed 
And it was according to God's will. And somebody prayed abiding in God's son because the prayer was answered. And God says, I will answer your prayer. He says, I will answer your prayer if you abide in Christ, if you are praying according to his will, if you pray believing. So there's, there's, last week we looked at practical tips, things you could do to, to, to develop a prayer life. But you got to understand this. You can have a place to pray. You can have a time to pray. You can have all those different things. You can get yourself a journal. You can do all those things. And if you're not believing and you are not praying according to God's will and you're not abiding in God's son, you're not going to get your prayers answered. God says, I promise. Now, here's the interesting thing. God, the God of the universe says, hey, do these three things. Do these three things, and I'll answer your prayers. Do these three things, and I'll get it done for you. Do these three things, and I, and I will answer your prayer. And, and, and often our prayers go unanswered, and it's simply because we're lacking somewhere. So as you pray, you ought to check those different areas. Am I believing? Am I truly having faith? You say, well, I'm doubting a little bit. Well, ask God to increase your faith. Maybe you just spend some time in the Word of God. Maybe you need to get under the preaching of the Word of God to help you increase that faith. You say, well, well, I'm praying. I'm not really sure if this is what God wants. Well, why don't you seek out God's will? Why don't you get in the Bible and, re- and, and say, God, is this your will? Why don't you ask God to give you peace about it? Say, God, will you show me what is your will in my life in this area? Because I just don't know. And if I'm praying for the wrong thing, Lord, will the Holy Spirit please just fix it for me and ask you for the right thing because I want your will done? And maybe sometimes we need to just begin to abide in Christ and begin to get maybe some of the iniquity out of our hearts because what separates us and what keeps God from hearing us is iniquity in our hearts. Let's bow our heads.